Good evening, Radio Land. You're listening to 90.5 WUSC-FM in HD1 Columbia. I'm your host, Leah Robinson. Joined with me is my co-host, Sarah Hudock-Jeffrey, and you're listening to Cockadoodle News. You're listening to Cockadoodle News on WUSC-FM and HD1 Columbia. If you're listening and you have an opinion you'd like to share or you just want to chat with us, you have anything newsworthy that you want us to talk about, please feel free to give us a call at 803-576-9872. That's 803-576-WUSC. If you can't reach us on the phone, feel free to reach out online. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter by searching WUSC News. And if you need to get in touch with the station, the number is the same, but the handles are different. So you can find the station on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching WUSC-FM. So, diving right into our show today, we have a little bit of a treat for you guys. Joining with me is Kevin and his producer, Aiden. (laughs) And they are here to talk about their podcast, which is called... Seeking Refuge. Seeking Refuge. So we're going to let Kevin tell you guys a little bit about that. Hi, so I'm Kevin Gagnon. I was a former news director here at WUSC, um, and we're starting a new podcast uh, partnered with Maxi International House called Seeking Refuge. Uh, Seeking Refuge is a show about uh, refugees uh, in the Columbia area and beyond, um, and their stories. Um, Its goal is to shine light on the human element of refugees. It's a very politicized topic, um, but it's something that we think uh, more people need to know about. And uh, we want to sort of share these amazing human stories that almost no one talks about or hears from the people themselves. So what inspired you guys to start doing this? Did you maybe like meet someone and you're like, wow, they have an amazing story. I want to put this out there. Or do you feel like this is just something in general that like because I know we have such a progressive society and like I was telling you a couple minutes ago how there's I believe a Netflix show about um, people who are undocumented and they're trying to like put their stories out there so did you just feel like this was maybe something that like more people need to be aware of I this is uh, this has been a an idea for uh, almost a full year Um, a friend of uh, a co-founder of the podcast actually was working abroad in uh, in Cyprus, working with um, refugee wow. um, refugee kids um, from Syria specifically, um, and just found that they had really amazing stories and really ex- amazing experiences that weren't being shared uh, by them. It was it was always coming through this third party. It's from a news source. There, it's just a bunch of numbers that people are politicizing and using for um, you know some sort of gain whether it be left or right. Um, so what we thought was, hey, why don't we tell their stories and have them share that? So um, working with um, Maxi House seemed like a great opportunity to try to connect with both the local scene and potentially with a lot of refugees abroad as well. That's great. Do you know like the actual definition of refugee? This is this is actually one of the first things we bring up in the first episode of the podcast, which you mm-hmm. can download and listen to on Monday, September 30th. Um, the difference between what a refugee is and and and, and an asylum seeker, uh, Aiden, do you do you remember like what the specific difference was? Um, so basically, the difference is there's not 
incredibly specific difference. Um, it's just a it's just a matter of labels and how you're processed, essentially. Um, refugees are basically, and asylum seekers are people who do not feel safe in their homes or have been forcibly m removed from their homelands by um, violence or other factors, um, and they are forced to flee to a different country over a border. And see, I feel like I wanted to say that just, you know, just in case there were people out there listening that may not know the difference or anything, but... Um, I feel like that may be like a common misconception, you know, a lot of people hear the word and they think they know what it means, but a lot of times people don't. And I feel like some people hear refugee and they think more so of like immigrant or something like that, you know, someone that's just moving places, but it's like refugee that has a lot more into it. Someone that's kind of almost forced to leave their home and just because of nothing but like negative factors. So I think that this is absolutely great what you guys are doing. I love, I think the first episode will be totally informative and that'll definitely keep people interested and in wanting to see more. Um, did you say when you were releasing it? Monday, September 30th. Monday, September 30th, guys. And this will be on. Uh, it should be available anywhere you can get podcasts, that be, whether that be Spotify, uh, Apple Play, Apple Music, or Google Play. Um, Maybe YouTube. We're working on that, so we'll see. Wow, that's great. How did you guys go about getting that on all those um, networks? Uh, we use a service called Pinecast, which allows you to, to kind of cross-post nice. between all of them. So I have a question. So what, what, is your, what has been the most notable story that you have, that you have interviewed, uh, someone that you've interviewed so far? Like, which one has impacted you the most, would you say? I, I think, well, for me, I think... Um, the interview that I did today um, with Amadeo Jir, who is actually uh, an immigrant, or no, he's a, a refugee from Bhutan, mm -hmm. um, and he's actually running for city council here. So he not only, you know, escaped prosecution, persecution from his homeland, but he's also, like, trying to run wow. for office here and, uh, you know, make this this home, his new home uh, a better place. That's really amazing. Do you, Aiden, do you have, like, a, do you have a, do you have one that you can think of? Well, not to spoil anything, but the very first interview that we did, which is the episode that's dropping on Monday, um, we spoke with a professor called Dr. Brianne Grace here who works with refugees, and she has a lot of personal experiences, um, and she has some very insightful commentaries that have really shaped the way that I think about refugees. Wow, that is really, that is really amazing. Nice. Um, thank you for having us on the show. Of um, course. If everyone... Um, Again, the podcast name is Seeking Refuge, and we think it's going to be a really informative and really interesting show. Um, I think it's going to really shed light on a lot on the human stories behind refugees. Oftentimes, you know, it gets kind of lost in the uh, political discourse, what, but that these people are human, um, and we really want to share that and broadcast that to the world. I love that. And I know a lot of our listeners out there love to like support anything that has to deal with WUSC. So I'm so glad that you could come on the show. I hope that everyone listening tunes in September 30th, Seeking Refuge. Was that right? That You got that right. Seeking Refuge podcast. And that was Kevin and... And Aiden, they were the two that put that together. So definitely give them their props, guys. Show them love. Listen to their podcast. I really think that this is something that 
you know, it's not just something for fun. Kevin said that this has been an idea for a year. This is something that like a lot of thought has gone into and um, something that really should be shared with the world. I feel like our world is being our our society is being good about being progressive and just, you know, perspective, putting ourselves in other people's shoes. And I feel like this podcast would be a really great way to do that. So I really hope you guys tune in. And that's all from um, Kevin and Aiden today. And we'll be right back after this quick break. And we are back with Cockadoodle News. Um, The first story, well, I believe the only story that I'll be able to talk about today is one that um, is really heavy on a lot of people's hearts. It's been super, super, super controversial. But let me just start off with Sarah. What are you like? What are your thoughts and feelings whenever you are going back to school? Like how like what gets you excited to go back to school? Going back to school for me personally is seeing my friends, the possibility of having a really good school year with my academics. Um, You know, I always go in the school year having a plan on how I'm going to be productive and how I'm going to manage my time and doesn't always work out. But I think the the, it's the same thing with, you know, New Year's, the New Year's mm-hmm. celebration. It's coming into a new arena, a new space where you can reinvent yourself in any way that you want. Uh, I think for me personally, that's the most exciting thing. For sure. I think like that's 100 percent spot on. I feel like that sounds, you know, exactly what like a lot of people would be able to relate to. And so it is so unfortunate that... um Nowadays, that excitement and coming back to school is mixed with anxiety because of the number of school shootings that have been occurring in America. Mm-hmm. And um, there have there have possibly been people that have seen this, possibly not. Um, I know that this was really, really hard for a lot of people to watch. And so there was a lot of controversy on it, but... Sandy Hook released an um, advertising commercial about back to school and the commercial starts off. It's really like nice and, you know, it almost mirrors kind of like a JCPenney commercial where they're showing off their backpacks and showing off their binders and things like that. And they're like super excited to show off their stuff. And then the commercial picks up a bit and one of the boys is showing off his shoes, but he's running away. And you can kind of tell that there's commotion in the background. One of the boys is talking about how he got a new skateboard and how he was really excited about that. And he uses it to break a window. And you can see kids climbing out of the windows and things. Um, another girl gets a new jacket and is like, this jacket would be, this jacket will really come in handy. Uses it to tie the door shut. Another girl um, is beside one girl who's actually bleeding in the commercial and she takes a sock and like wraps it around her and is like these this also really, really comes in handy. Um, One student had scissors and one student had colored pencils and they were kind of like at the door waiting and the commercial ended with a girl in the bathroom and she was like, I finally got um, my own phone so I can stay in touch with my parents. And she sent a text saying, I love you, mom. And then the video ends with, like, the door opening. So, yeah, it's heavy. It's extremely heavy. And there's been so much controversy on it just because 
so many people were like, we don't want to see that. We don't need to see that. And I couldn't disagree more. We need to see that. You know, I'm actually so glad that Sandy Hook did what they did in that commercial. And especially, you know, I I applaud whoever put that together because, you know, the way that it went just kind of from happy and fun and lighthearted to really, really getting serious. And I think what's even crazier is, you know, to look at the age of the kids that are in this Mm -hmm. commercial. You know, this isn't even kids like us, which it does happen in college, but, you know, Sandy Hook, that was in elementary school. And it it's just so baffling to me to think that it's gotten to the point that, like, these are the PSAs that we need to put out because of these things. Um, but like I said, I applaud Sandy Hook, and their message was basically mass shootings can be stopped if you can, you can always tell signs. And... um there has been, since the Sandy Hook shooting, there's been 400 people, I believe, that have also been shot at um, campuses, schools, wow. whatever. Yes. So mass shootings have just become almost a norm. I think I talked about this on one of my other shows, how you, the U.S. has been declared in some countries like a place not to travel because of things like that. I've heard of that. Yeah. And I don't know. So it's just crazy to me. What do you think about that? Wow. Yeah, no, that is I think it goes back to a really big debate where I can see both sides, where is is it ethical to put things out there that may be triggering to people Mm -hmm. or is it more ethical to educate people and to to show people the reality of what is happening? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, as someone I just graduated high school, I'm a college freshman now. And I, we had intruder alerts, I think, almost once a month. It was really regular. And wow. I remember one, we went into code yellow or in code red a couple times. I remember my last, my last year. And I remember every time we would go into code yellow, usually it would just be some, some small crime happening around the area. But I remember everyone would just start panicking because of you know, everything that we see on the news, everything that's been happening. Mm -hmm. And going back to America being labeled as a dangerous country to travel to. I mean, I, I know a foreign exchange student here who she's from the Netherlands and her mom was, or her parents were so concerned about her coming because of the shooting problem. And, you know, it's, it's horrible. I don't, I don't want America to be that. I don't want, you know, this country is so advanced in so many ways, and it's really hard for me to believe that so many shootings happen here, and this isn't this isn't happening in other countries, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, it's you're absolutely right. I mean, there are countries that the the crime rate is almost non-existent. Shooting and you know guns are definitely almost non-existent. So I think it's you know. I hope that this is maybe giving people the message. I know that this is hard for people. You know, no one wants to show this to their kid. No one wants to see this on the TV and be like, hey, you need to pay attention to this because this might happen. But at the same time, I feel that, you know, it's somewhat necessary. Um, Mm -hmm. Just to even if you don't show your kids, because, you know, if I had maybe like a kid in kindergarten, I probably yeah. would not show them that. They would yeah. probably be very scared to even go to school. But for those who are growing up and understanding, and 
even for those who have maybe even been in that situation, they, you know, I can see how they're like, no, this is something that people need to see. So um, I read about um, I read about this in New York Times and I read that there are things being done with the gun control laws like they are trying to control that more. Yes. And 100 percent, because I know there's, you know, been mass shootings and there's been issues with like the NRA and things like that, not wanting um, guns to be banned or gun control, anything like that. But I feel like a lot of times that's like when it comes to adults, like adults want their guns, they want their privilege, they want their freedom. There should never be a child or anyone in a school that has access to that type of thing, no matter what. Exactly. I mean, I I personally, um, I know in Japan, basically, in order to get a gun, they have to go through a licensing program really similar to a driver's license test where you have to you have you get trained. There are extensive background checks. They you know, you have to pass a test and then you get your license to own a gun. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. understand why here, you know, I'm not, I personally, you know, I'm not anti-gun. I don't think that, you know, it's necessarily, you know, we need to take them all away right now. I don't think anyone's actually pushing that. Absolutely Um, not. But I think there definitely needs to be some regulation on, you know, and there are regulations, there are background checks. Like, I get that. But, teenagers should not be able to go to a Walmart and And get them at all, you know, and that's just my personal opinion because it's, yeah, it's terrifying. And yeah, I, I agree. I think this commercial, while it is really disturbing, you know, I think sometimes you have to invoke those disturbing, yeah, to get people's attention in or yeah, because there's so many people that turn a blind eye to it exactly because it's uncomfortable to look at or think about or because it's not happening to them and so then it's like well what happens when it does happen to you you know we need to stop being people that just turned a blind eye because you know oh it didn't happen in my state it didn't happen in my town it didn't happen in my school regardless is happening and i think that the biggest takeaway from that was their message you know look at the signs i'm sure that there are even times where there are people that you know, buy guns and people that sell them the guns may be like, oh, well, I don't know. I probably shouldn't. You know, like, I feel like even gun salesmen even see signs sometimes, but they want the money, they want the sale, and they continue to do it. So, exactly. It's, I completely agree. It's, I think there's too much emphasis on the economics and the money behind it. Yes. When people are dying. And, you know, and it's also, um, you know, with with mass shootings, like that's not the only gun violence that happens too. Like that's right. that's right now it's getting a lot of media attention, but gun violence happens every day all over the country. In you know, domestic violence, you know, um, people people being murdered in their own neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and you know, this problem has this has been a problem for a really really long time, and I I definitely think that it's time that there are some more strict regulations. It's it's definitely time. Yeah. It is 100% time, and all that I can hope is that throughout doing Cockadoodle News every week, hopefully every week I'll become, be able to come to you guys with updates of, like, now this has happened, now this is a rule, yeah. you know, because it's it's just time out for things happening and nothing to be done about it, and especially whenever now it's, like, children are involved yeah. and, like, young adults and 
I hate to be cliche, but children are the future. So yes. it's like yes. if they're growing up in that type of world, you know, imagine what they think they have to be afraid of as adults. Yeah. And it's yeah, just I, unsettling. Like I personally like I, you know, I don't want to let fear rule me. I don't want to be exactly, afraid. I don't exactly. want to be afraid to go to school or to um, to a movie or, you know, Walmart. You know, I don't want to have to be afraid to go to these places and I don't want to let that fear rule me. But it's also, you know, that fear shouldn't even exist. Exactly. I shouldn't have to be worried about that. No one should be. And it's, yeah, it's really horrible that, you know, we're a developed country. It's like, you know, there are, like, America has, the United States of America has the potential to be a model for the rest of the world. Yes, and because, I agree. you know, I personally think because of lobbying and because of special interests with, you know, the NRA and other other gun lobbyists, you know, a lot of politicians would rather keep that money than make regulations that are going to save people's lives. And that is just devastating to me. So and we've got to realize, too, like like you said, like we are an, ex- an example. Luckily, I haven't seen, you know, mass shootings spark across the world. But there are things that we do that people follow suit. And so mm-hmm. it's like we don't want this to be one of those things. But mm-hmm. if anyone out there has not seen this commercial and you are above the age of, I would say, even 13-year-olds probably can can stomach this just because it's the reality. Mm-hmm. I recommend watching it. Please don't. I know that there has been some like some backlash towards Sandy Hook about putting something so graphic out. But if you could just try to see where they're coming from, because the Sandy Hook organization, you know, these are the people that lost their kids yeah. to this type of thing. So. You just got to see where they're coming from. And honestly, watching the video, I think it will kind of it should spark something. And I I really hope that Sandy Hook continues with their message because we want to have safe school years all around. We want our kids to be safe. We want us we want to go to school and learn. And like you said, see friends, be our best selves. We should never have to worry about things like mass shootings. Mm-hmm. But exactly. you're um. What what was your story? Okay, uh, so basically what I'm talking about is the Supreme Court case that's happening on October 8th that, so I, I found this article about it on the New York Times because I okay. had heard about the Supreme Court case uh, that's basically going to be deciding whether you can, discri- whether workers or employers can fire people based on their sexuality. So I think I have heard about this. Yeah, so um, what caught my attention is that Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black, yes. She, I think it was at the Emmys, she had an ACLU lawyer with her who was talking, she used her, um, her position to have this ACLU lawyer talk about this case that's happening right now. Basically, um, the controversy that's, that's going to be decided in the Supreme Court is deciding if Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act guarantees nationwide protection for LGBTQ workers. So the problem is that the, in the title it says no one can be discriminated based on sex. And a lot of Republicans and people from the Trump administration are saying that sex refers to a um, – or one one defendant from the Trump administration said that the ordinary meaning of sex is biologically male or female, he wrote. It does not include sexual orientation. And in response, a lawyer for Gerald Bostock, one of the plaintiffs, argued that a person's sexual orientation is a sex-based classification because it cannot be defined 
it cannot be defined without reference to his sex. So, Gerald Bostock, he joined a gay, gay recreational softball league and was fired from his job, which was building a government program to help neglected and abused children in Clayton County, Georgia. And other plaintiffs have really similar stories. So this matter now is in the hands of the nine Supreme Court justices and will be decided really soon. So what do you think about this? Well, first of all, I'm super glad that we'll get to, you know, like be around to see like what the yeah. verdict is. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I just don't think that, you know, anyone should be fired based off of anything, truly. I feel like whether you're black, purple, white, you have three arms, three legs, you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, I think what is just most commonly looked over, and it's almost comical to me, these people are doing jobs, like, that we need done, you know? Jobs that the people who are in the Supreme Court and in, like, the house and like they aren't gonna do these jobs so it's like who's gonna do them and then you want to fire certain people just for so it's just it's almost like reaching at this point you know just Mm -hmm. because it's like we should be able to as a country just get along go about our days you know whether it's the people that are getting like immigrants getting deported people getting discriminated against based off of their sexuality it's like we live in a time period now where everyone should just be able to coexist exactly. no matter what. Exactly. No one has any right to, you know, exert their opinion on who they feel is allowed to work where. Mm-hmm. I just don't think any of that's right. I think. And and I don't know. I know that I, I obviously understand that there are people out there that do not feel this way. But I will always feel like everyone is entitled to anything like equality guys yes you know anyone is entitled to do like i just don't understand how people can kind of look at someone and and just deem them not worthy of doing you know whatever they think it is like why why am i allowed to just see someone walking down the street and because and what also is interesting to me is like a lot of people don't just fear with sexuality i feel like People just fear what they don't know almost, you know? It's not even that they fear sexuality. They just don't get it, so they don't want it around. They don't want it, you know? Yeah. And it's like, who am I to, if there was something that, like, I didn't understand, who am I to judge them and be like, oh, well, they should not be entitled to the same things that I'm entitled to. We're all on Earth. We're all in America. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all, and we're... Getting to the point where we're all equal, you know, yeah. it's a little different with men and women and things of the sort. But, yeah. you know, so there, that just it shouldn't even be exactly a court case. Like the fact that this is a court case yeah. that's happening right now is blowing my mind because, I mean, I remember, you know, I was in <clears throat> I was in seventh grade, I think, sixth or seventh grade when marriage was legalized federally in the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. And from the article that I was reading, a lot of LGBTQ activists have said that too much emphasis on the movement has been put on marriage equality yes. when there are so many systems of oppression against LGBTQ people that just focusing on marriage does not tackle all of it. And this is an example of that of those repercussions. You know what I mean? And it's not, yeah. of course, it's not anyone's fault, obviously. But <clears throat> it just goes to show that 
you know, as soon as we think that, you know, oh, you know, it was le- marriage was legalized. There's no more discrimination. No, that's not the case. No, at all. it's not the case. Unfortunately, you know, um, and I, the reason I picked out Gerald Bostock was because he is literally, you know, he spent the past 20 years building a government program to help neglected and abused children. Yeah. He is yeah. not just, you know, he's not he's not just any worker he is literally building a program to help children and he's being fired from that job Mm -hmm. so basically clayton county is you know in my opinion is saying that you know their opinions about his sexuality is more important than these kids that he's helping which i think is absolutely devastating it's it it just 100 percent sounds very very like selfish and just like ill-rooted you know what i mean it's it's one thing to kick a person out of a job you know adding another homeless person to the street when they didn't need to be there yeah but like you said like for someone that's actually doing some good and that's the same thing i kind of meant with like um even with like immigrants that are like getting Mm -hmm. deported and stuff like that like immigrants will like be building our buildings you know what i mean the places that we live and stuff and it's like why are we follow, firing people that are doing the jobs that none of us would do? Yeah. and there, it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and there's so many. I feel like a lot of the same people that complain, you know, about immigrants taking American jobs away. Yeah. Are the same people that are, are okay with LGBTQ people having their jobs taken away from them based on their sexuality yeah which is a huge 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 hypocrisy to me and i i personally just don't understand it at all and i um but something that is a positive out of this is that you know there are a lot of really amazing activists like laverne cox and other lgbtq activists who have started a movement who are posting about it on social media and you know, it's it's spreading around and it's it's alerting it's learning to people that, hey, the work is not done. Yeah, there is still so much left to be done. And it's literally happening. You know, history <clears throat> is being made right now. And it's, you know, with with justice, with new justice, like, you know, like Brett Kavanaugh, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what the what the justices say and what they decide. But, you know, I mean, personally, I'm you know, I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping that. Finally, workers will federally be will be allowed to be protected by the Constitution and by the Supreme Court. Because I didn't mention this before, but right now, over half of the states, um, it is legal to fire someone based off their sexuality. So when whatever wow. the Supreme Court decides, you know, and I'm, I haven't looked this up personally, but I think South Carolina is one of those states. Um, whatever the Supreme Court decides is gonna is gonna change. The policies for over 30 like states. federally yeah so that is you know this is a this is a landmark case and it's yeah you know definitely. i think it's it's crazy that it's it's happening right now <laughs> you know it is crazy and <clears throat> like i said i'm super glad that you brought that up i hope that next week whenever we come back we have more updates on that yeah, but definitely yeah i'll just, definitely keep following it yeah for sure and um you know, for for our listeners out there, like, um, I know that we often talk about controversial topics, but I definitely just encourage you guys to look up, you know, the articles that we are referencing and, you know, read up on these things because there's a lot of times maybe we don't get to say everything or maybe you don't understand it. 
Um, maybe we you we misunderstood something that we said. I definitely just encourage everyone to look this up themselves and, you know, form your own opinion about it. Definitely call into WUSC. Like, we love to hear you guys' opinions. We love to hear your feedback. And if you have news that you feel like you want us to share, like, we love to do that as well. But just finishing that off, I love one thing about our generation, and it's that we fight. So I feel like this case is definitely going to be interesting because I feel like even if they reach a verdict, like, I could see it totally being, um, I just blanked on the word. It starts with an A. Say it again. Uh, Appealed. Appealed, yes. (laughs) My friend here always knows the answer for me. So, yeah, I could definitely see, like, an appeal happening or something. Yeah. I'd, there's, I mean, if it were cut and dry, I would be very surprised. But, like I said. Yeah. Whatever, it's going to be a fight. Yeah. It's going to be a fight no matter what. I and I support those that are fighting. And I encourage yes. those who don't know, the, you know, about it to just educate yourselves and just learn yes. about it. And, yes. You know, you might end up. You might read an article and feel differently about it the way before than um, before you did whenever we were talking about it. So yeah, and thank you, Laverne Cox and the ACLU lawyer that she had with her um, for bringing this to my and many other people's attention. That's an I think an incredible example of a celebrity using their platform for absolutely, good. So, absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to Cockadoodle News today. Just a quick little weather update. Right now, it's 91, and it's mostly sunny outside. Um, It's a low of 71 tonight, and tomorrow, Thursday, will be partly cloudy with a high of 97 and a low of 72. As we can see, we are not getting cooler anytime here in Columbia. They are, I mean, we are just like 90s, 90s, 90s all the time, so... But I know as soon as it gets cold, all of us are going (laughs) to wish it was hot again. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for tuning in. Don't forget, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Cockadoodle News is on from 6 to 6.30. And this has been your host, Leah Robinson and Sarah Hudock-Jeffrey. So tune in next time.